Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. gents welcome to episode one of the interviews podcast coming to you live after a thrilling exhilarating meazza night uh we have a one nothing champions league victory over porto in the first leg um definitely did not come easy um played uh, 11 against 10 for quite a bit of time at the end of the match and that definitely helped us put go over um but it was a you know a back and forth uh, contest for much of the uh, for much of the night. Um, as part of a, I guess an introduction before we jump into uh, you know our, our report on the match. My name is Alessandro Rafa. I'm uh, an interisti from Brooklyn, New York, and join me joining me is Gianmarco Paterno. Yeah, man, good to uh, to be able to get this off the ground and get started together. Uh, being able to talk about the club that we both love. Uh, I'm from Long Island, New York, but obviously living in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. So yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, let's just hop right into it here. Yeah, for sure. And so, what to expect from this podcast? We are uh, taking the fan perspective. Obviously, not uh, not pundits, but um, this is the club that we love. So there might be uh, some bias, but um, definitely <laughs> here to uh, to entertain and give our thoughts on uh, what is, as everyone knows, a pretty tumultuous club. Um, whether it be in the transfer market, whether it be behind the scenes, whether it be on the pitch, um, we will certainly have a lot to talk about, including what we saw here tonight. So to let everybody know, uh, at full time, Inter won nothing over Porto with a goal from Romelu Lukaku in the 86th minute after uh, Porto's Otavio received a red card for his second yellow um, of the match. Um and John Marco, why don't we um, start with uh, a question here? What did you think of Inzaghi's approach tonight? Um, obviously, we saw from you know off the bat Lukaku on the bench, Brozovic on the bench, Dumfries on the bench to a lesser extent. Um, obviously, expecting Darmian to start, but what did you think of uh, of the approach tonight? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of as expected what Inzaghi decided to go with. Although we as fans, I mean, you heard us in the spaces. Most of us really wanted Lukaku to start from the beginning just because we didn't think him coming off the bench, he would be able to have the same impact that Dzeko typically has coming on for like a little 30-minute cameo. Uh, it looks like the way he, you know, the way he started, Dzeko did not seem very in the match at all. There was a lot of mistakes. He felt a little slow, a little sluggish at times. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I personally don't think he got the starting lineup wrong. Um, you know, I mean, some people may be upset with, certain performances of players who did start in the game and I mean I think that's expected we did you know we didn't have everyone clicking you know fully for the whole match but I think for the most part you know it was it was good and it was nice to see Lukaku come off the bench and have that impact so yeah I think that yeah was, uh, that's so that's I guess the first time we've actually seen Lukaku come off the bench in quite a while and and not look like he needed a lot of time to get into the game you know it's usually anytime he's coming off the bench um, he looks kind of lost and he doesn't look comfortable. But tonight, 
Um, tonight was different, and I'd have to argue that he ultimately changed the game. Him along with Brozovic, I, I you know I do have to say Hakan had a you know pretty wonderful game um, from the start, aside from giving the ball away a few times in our half. But he was pinging balls across the field. Um, you know, Darmian was having a good game on the right, getting a lot of space, but. Ultimately, the team didn't look um, super, super dangerous until Inzaghi's second-half subs, which saw Gosens, uh, Brozovic, and Lukaku uh, come in to make their mark. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you there. And then, you know, just seeing the way Lukaku, would, when he came on, I mean, it really was an immediate impact that he had. He was able to have good passes, good touches, you know, we didn't see the ball pinging off his foot and going 20 yards away from him. He was able to to kind of ease into it, and it looked like he immediately had that chemistry again with Lautaro that we loved from the Scudetto winning season. So, um, I mean, I'm very happy that he was able to have that impact. Obviously, scoring the goal is massive for him. You know, we, we kind of see his confidence starting to come back, and I, and I feel like, I mean, we saw when he had that opportunity, I forgot who crossed the second ball in where he actually forced Costa uh, to make a huge save there too. I mean, I think he's already starting to feel like, okay, like not only can I get one, but I can go out and get two, three, and and hopefully that he can just keep this momentum going and 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 you know give us a push for the Champions League. Yeah, I thought it was a fairly interesting um, tact that Marotta took to, took with Lukaku prior to the game even starting. Um, for those of you who don't know, Marotta gave, uh, as he is customary to do, gave his pitch side interview. Um, prior to the start of tonight, where, among other things, he touched on Lukaku's form to date um, and specifically mentioned uh, his weight in his comment. Um, I can pull it up here in a second, but um, just saying that, you know, Lukaku has a lot of weight to carry around and in order for him to be effective, he needs to be in tip-top physical shape. So, um, interesting uh, approach there, but ultimately when it came to you know, doing the talking, Marotta did his before the match and Lukaku did his on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, obviously those things in the, that were said by Marotta got to Lukaku. Uh, I kind of, I mean, it, being a fan, it kind of makes me think, like, oh yeah, he definitely heard those things and he decided to, to take it out on the pitch. But I, I don't know if like somebody ran down to him or, or said anything. So um, I think that this is though the first sign that he's you know showing that he's committed to getting back into shape. We've seen it where he doesn't look like you know he's fully himself. He definitely looks slower and bigger than when he was here um, with Pinto and Conte. But you know I think that that's something like this can definitely jumpstart him. And I hope that this continues to make him want to just progress and, and maybe you know get his fitness levels back up to what we remember him as. And that way he can, you know, continue to be a driving force for this club. We brought him back with that expectation. So, like, now it's yeah. time to kind of to kind of put it up. So, yeah, you don't, you know, you don't want that impact to have to come all the way um, when we're 15 points behind the league leaders in Serie A, when we're, you know, um, in the round of 16 in the Champions League. But if this is where we can get an impactful Lukaku, I'm not going to turn that down for the rest of the season. Um, and I do think that, his breakout um, has been coming, but he has needed a high-stakes game in order to, you know, sort of make the impact that we've been expecting. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say, like, he's, you know, a big game player, but he is a player that I believe does need the stakes a little bit. Whenever you see him out there in um, a game that has a lot of, uh, you know, is very high on the magnitude – 
he's he's throwing his arms up in the air. He's getting the crowd into it. I feel like he's the sort of player that needs um, you know needs a high magnitude sort of atmosphere in order to perform at his best. Um, and that's what we we saw tonight. He completely changed the game um, along with another player that I'd like to touch on who, you know, prior to the match and conversations on uh, on Twitter, um, I was in favor of sticking with the, the um, tried and true midfield that we've had this season of Chalanoglu, uh, Barella, Mikitarian. Um, after Brozovic's uh, introduction, I don't know if that was the approach to take from the start of the match. Um, he looked, he added a bit of poise to our midfield that we were sorely lacking. Um, you know, prior to him com- coming on, it was a lot of Barella. Uh, you know, waving his hands in the air. It was a lot of Mkhitaryan being a walk, walking tactical foul, just, you know, bringing guys down as they slip by him. Um, and a little bit of, uh, you know, shaky Chalanoglu from the perspective of, of the defense. So when Brozovic came on, um, you know, I, I, I did think he calmed the whole team down and he sort of reminded everyone, you know, I've been injured for a while, but there's a reason why, you know, prior to me going down, I was considered one of, if not the best regista in the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for a while, I mean, you know, when I looked at the lineup, I was kind of okay, obviously, with again, with the Trident starting there in the midfield. I was of the mindset where, you know, Barella, I mean, Barella, sorry, Brozovic doesn't look like he is himself yet. The, the cameo he had against Sampdoria wasn't a great one. So I was like, you know what, let's just keep rolling with what we've got and not really, you know, given this opportunity back yet. Yeah, maybe he's not ready for it. Uh, it definitely looks like when he came out today that he was trying to prove a point that I should be in the starting 11 for this club. And, you know, I've been guilty of it, too, or I've said that I'm OK with him being replaced because Hakan has been playing so well in that position. But obviously, that is the best midfield three that we have. And you have to use your best players in those moments. And, you know, we were reminded of it today. I hope that he gets starts, you know, going forward and then before the, the, you know, the Porto game, and then he can hopefully be able to get that start too. Um, you know, I was happy with, with his performance, of course. Uh, when you look at the defense too, you know, you look at Bastoni and Acerbi, those guys were, were exceptional, you know, as well. I was actually surprised with Acerbi. He had a few last-second tackles that were incredible. You know, he came in in, in in situations, you know, especially taking the role from DeVry. I think a lot of us were hoping that DeVry would bounce back especially after the season he had last year. It doesn't look like that's the case. And he's been an impactful player when he's had his little moments to start, but it looks like Achebe's really locked down that position, and I've been very happy uh, with his performances too. So, Yeah, I think Achebe has made it pretty difficult for Inter to not um, make sure that we get him from Lazio and, and you know not have to send him back. Um, I think he's... He's become a fixture, and like you said, he's he's taken that starting spot from De Vrij, and just from a... Um, a depth perspective when you think of the different competitions that we're going to be competing on in um, next season, Acerbi is a great depth option. So I definitely want to make sure that they're uh, they're able to um, extend that a little bit, uh, make sure that he's, he's with the team next year. Um, one thing that I, I also wanted to touch on was um, another striker that had a bit of an up-and-down performance today, and that's Lautaro. Um, probably the, uh, the author of some of the best chances that we had today, but just was not able to get on the score sheet. What did you see from, uh, from Lautaro today? Yeah, you know, in this space uh, before the game, I was actually a little excited. I did, I did call a 12th-minute uh, goal for Lautaro Martinez. 
and that cross from Federico Di Marco came in, and when it came on his head, I was like, oh my gosh, I just predicted the future, and he heads that ball like 20 feet over the crossbar, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. It felt like he, again, you know, from what happened with the last game uh, against Udine, no, Sampdoria, sorry, the game against Sampdoria where he, we just couldn't buy a goal, it felt like he was still having the, that, those same issues where the ball would get to him, he'd be able to get in these pockets of space, and his movement was fantastic, his passing was on point, but he just wasn't able to get the finishing right again. And I think that's what's holding Lautaro back from being a true superstar player in this world, in the league and the world. Um, you know, he's just not that clinical finisher. You need, I mean, he could still put in 20, 25 goals a year for you across all competitions. He did 30 last year in all competitions, uh, but he just, just something is missing from there. And I think once he's able to unlock that, like if he can get a little Icardi in his game, he'll be unstoppable. Like he's got the technical ability. He's got the touch. He's able to dribble in tight spaces. Um, he doesn't have, you know, blistering pace, but he has enough to really separate himself. And he obviously has the strength that is a little bit surprising. We didn't see this before, but this season he's had this strength to hold off center backs and be able to, you know, just muscle through them. And he has a low center of gravity there where he's able to keep his balance when they are pressuring him. And I think, you know, that just from watching today, it just felt like, he, I don't know if it's wearing the captain's armband or what, but it's almost like he has a little too much pressure on himself to yeah. be, you know, that star player and the man that can like take over these moments. And fortunately today, uh, Lukaku was able to bail him out. Yeah, the issues with Lautaro are not like they're fairly consistent, right? It's it's not a problem for him to get opportunities. It's he goes through these periods of time where um, he just isn't like you know no one would would use the word clinical to describe him, right? Um, from sailing the ball over the bar to, you know, mishitting a, a volley. Um, there just, there, there seems to be periods of time where, um, you know, he's, he's always able to get himself in the right position, but he just doesn't bring his, uh, his shooting boots some days. And like you said, that is ultimately is it's what, it's what is going to hold him back from being considered um, a top player. I don't know if the armband is, is weighing on him. I think he really relishes that that opportunity and that responsibility. You know, if you look at um, interviews that he's given and any time in public where he's given the opportunity to speak about Inter, he, he loves the club. Um, and he never lets rumors, um, you know, spread. His agent is also pretty good about saying how much he loves the club. So I think that this, um, the armband has been something that he's always wanted, but you know, you're right. It's, it's sort of, um, it's sort of, you know, just up and down with him. Um, always able to get the opportunities, but, but not always able to finish them. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the result. Uh, we are looking at bringing a one, nothing lead, uh, to Portugal. Um, are you happy with the result given, you know, our, our fairly dominant performance from a possession perspective and from the chances that we had, um, or are you feeling a little uneasy with uh, the slender lead that we have? I would say I am feeling a little uneasy with the slender lead that we have. You know, we had opportunities to make this a 2-0, 3-0 game and just weren't able to put the game away. Um, you know, I said previously that I felt like a two-goal lead would be the best situation for us heading to Porto, and obviously that's just not the case. Now, with Porto missing uh, Otavio for the next game, that's yeah. big for us because I felt like yeah. he, whenever they did have opportunities, him and Taremi, you know, were, were the driving force for, for Porto. And if if you're, they're missing one of those guys, I mean, you saw once he left, obviously they're a man down. And it's not like he was substituted off. 
but it definitely changed the dynamic and the way that we were able to drive through the midfield and stuff. So I think that's a huge plus for us. Um, it's just going to really come down to, are we able to have those key, you know, defensive performances? Obviously with Onana, I mean, I'm sure we were going to talk about him later. I, you know, he, but he, to me, he was the man of the match. I mean, we can get into that much later, but that, that's that double save. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I've seen something like that. And in that moment, nil, nil, you come up in that huge, I mean, you, you head it, you, you block the, the, well, I think screen yard makes the sliding tackle first. Then the rebound goes to someone. He saves it, goes right back to the player and he still keeps it out. My jaw was on the floor. Like I could not believe <laughs> what I just witnessed. And I was screaming in, in excitement and my goodness, I, you know, people are saying like, oh, we may have to sell him in the summer, you know, if a good offer comes in because we had him on a free. Yeah. That double save probably put another zero on the on the price tag, in my opinion. That was just <laughs> it was that impactful of a moment. So don't tell the directors that. Yeah, I I uh, <laughs> we'll get to Onana for sure here in a second. As far as the result goal goes, um, yeah, I, I agree. I feel a little uneasy given a few different factors. I think one, um, we scored our goal with having a man advantage and it's not like that carries over into the second leg, right? It's going to be full strength on full strength, at least from the get go. Um, there, it's going to be, you know, away from home. And the other thing that makes me uneasy is I, my biggest concern with Inzaghi and I've been an Inzaghi supporter, you know, all season, um, especially that he's come under all the criticism that he has, but, um, I am concerned about the approach that he takes in certain matches um, whenever he has the opportunity to sort of outthink himself or overthink the situation. And when you're talking about, you know, we do have a lead, it's a one nothing lead away from home in a knockout game, that has all the makings of making a wonky sort of decision with the approach to the match, the lineup, whatever it may be. Um, and I think that's my, you know, my biggest concern at this point is um, how Inzaghi decides to to approach the scenario that we're in right now. Um, I'm happy that I believe there were two players. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Um, if you know, if you know that were. Um, Fidati, so on their way to being suspended for the next um yeah that was bastoni and lautaro okay bastoni and lautaro so i am happy that we you know sort of got out of there with both of those options um for the away leg but ultimately all that to say you know this is this is a good result you know more goals you always want more goals but the main objective i think is to win your home leg um, and now we've t- we've taken our home leg one nothing. We have to make sure that they don't take their home leg with a bigger a bigger margin. So great game tonight. Um, let's jump into Onana, like you said. So this was an interesting game from him, given that he started he started the match uh, dumping the ball out of bounds on some easy passes, just not looking altogether super sharp, which. If we want to say, that's probably because he sat in his previous match and had to give up uh, his starting spot to Andanovic. You can say that. You know, we don't have to, to have to get into all that. But he definitely looked r- rusty at the beginning of the game. There were... Um, the cameras did pick up an argument that occurred between him and Jekko. I don't know if you were able to catch exactly what they were speaking about. But he did look fired up. And then when it came to 
his time to make some save in the first half he made a kick save that was purely reflexive it, it was right down the middle but you know still impressive enough and then in the second half like you described the the goal was under siege um for multiple different angles and he was able to make those stops um you know as far as the technique goes he probably could have gotten it out of the area a little bit a little bit quicker it almost seemed like his hands were so soft that it was stopping the ball right in front of the net um and maybe you know swiping at it or, or trying to punch it out of there would have been the better approach but like you said um an amazing moment from an amazing goalkeeper yeah i mean to definitely in that first half i actually wrote down you know onana looks nervy um i couldn't tell if it was it had anything to do with the fact that he was benched for handanovic which you know i mean good for inzaghi that it worked out but um yeah definitely initially i was a little worried that we were going to have a situation kind of like with radu last year you know i was i was wondering is he not going to play the ball right is he going to miss kick it is it going to end up at somebody's foot wide open net that name um, fortunately ptsd <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, that was not the case. And like you said, he was able to make a quick reflex save in the first half. On I believe it was Grujic who took the shot um, right off his knee there. You know, it, I feel like in the past we would have seen that either be blasted right through Handanovic in some way. And, and then, you know, it would have been a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, and like you said, same thing, second half, that double save was incredible. And, and I feel like that motivated the guys to, to push forward because it felt like right after that, even though the goal didn't happen immediately after that situation, it felt like we've kind of put them under pressure too. And, you know, had it not been for a couple of saves on their end, who knows what this, this game would have turned out to be. You know, I'm, right. Diego Costa is, is a fantastic keeper. And, um, you know, I've been a fan of his for a little while, but, you know, yeah. he, he did steal two there. I mean, I, 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 that, that corner kick drill that, that we took where Hakan just blasted the ball from the corner of the 18. I, I love mean, that. that. Yeah, that right off the training ground, to me, that was such a brilliant play, and I loved it. I, I feel like he couldn't have put that in a better spot, and it was just a fantastic yeah. save that made it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, right before <laughs> halftime, the the cross from Di Marco that Bastoni kind of hit off the back of his head. I don't know if it was really his header, it, but... It did come off the defender, but it was yeah. still... Uh, he did get But a what a reflex save there, too. And, and you know, but <clears throat> I'm just glad that our keeper was able to make the saves and then not give up a goal at the end there. I mean, yeah. and who knows what could have happened, too, if we went down one nothing. I don't know if our guys would have been able to really dig themselves back out there. Uh, especially with the way that game was kind of going, I feel like they might have been deflated and not been able to to kind of recover. Yeah, it was, you know, the more and more I think about it, the more big that moment becomes because you're absolutely right. There was growing frustration um, amongst the team on the pitch. Like, it was, it was pretty palpable. Um, they were starting to lose their grip on the game. Uh, Porto was starting to get more comfortable. Um they were finding the counterattack fairly easy. They were finding space. They were finding themselves in space against us, you know, running backwards um, way too often. They were getting very comfortable at the San Siro in a Champions League game. So you're absolutely right. It was uh, a potential breaking point um, for the team, and they turned it around. There's another player that um, I don't know if we're going to be speaking so highly of, and I think he... I think he's been doing himself a disservice, a disservice with his last few performances, and that is uh, Jeko, the Swan of Sarajevo. Um, another, you know, did not look great against Udinese, and another tough performance tonight. Um, I thought he started fairly well, and just in terms of you know what Inzaghi was doing when he started him, it looked like 
the goal was to have Jekko in there because he combines better with the midfielders, drops back a little bit, more comfortable receiving the ball at the halfway mark and laying off to to the midfielders. Um, but he just did not have it tonight. Too many giveaways. Did not find himself in threatening positions. Um, you know, just a, a very lackluster performance out of a guy who on multiple occasions this year has has saved us um but it does look like age is is catching up to him a little bit um and i was surprised with the effort that he put out there today yeah i mean you know as uh, as our good friend nemo always says you know father time catches up with everyone and they st- he's undefeated so you can definitely see in jecko's game that there is just something lacking there too at this point you know i mean we've definitely overused him in, in a lot of situations so i don't really blame him for that but after like the 15 minute mark you know you kind of saw poor passing he was kind of leaving the ball in the middle of the field allowing porto to pick it up and, and hit us on the counter real quick um you know he had a few moments in the first half that were he was in the box with the ball and he just couldn't lay it off to barella or hakan or lautaro it just i don't know his his touch even was it just normally he's so you know cool and calm with it and it just felt like he was really I don't know if it's tired or what but it just wasn't really working for him today and it was kind of disappointing to see especially when you know you've, you've seen what he's done for like we said for most of the season and how he's been such an impactful player for us to, to be missing in these last key games and fortunately we've been able to, to get the results but like it, I feel like for us to really make a push not just I mean in the Champions League I don't really know about the league really being um, there for us anymore but for us to pink a put, we need our three key forwards to be able to be clicking and, and be able to, to kind of use them, you know, in different situations and together. And, you know, right, I yeah. feels like at, at big pockets of the season, only two have been able to play at their peak or one's been injured or the other one's been yeah. missing, whatever. Um, and I think for us to really make a push in this Champions League, which, to be honest, I do think that we have the potential to be, you know, true competitors and not just, you know, oh, we'll get out of the round of 16 and that's enough. I feel like we have... The, the personnel to make a deep run. It just matters if everyone's going to be clicking and pulling their own weight. Yeah, I I also feel the same way. And I understand that anybody watching this is probably going to be like, this is a, a classic example of, uh, you know, blue and black colored uh, rosy glasses. But what I will say has been pretty, you know, pretty emblematic of this Inter side all year has been we play up or down to our competition depending on who we're playing which is not I was thinking about this as the game was going on because Porto is a tough team and you know we we came out playing well but there were periods of um the game where our intensity did drop and there was a couple things that um you know the more and more I think about Inzaghi's tenure here have been pretty pretty standard across you know the two seasons that he's been here i think you know firstly um we do play up or play down to our competition which is not something that we we saw with conte right like they were we very much took on the identity of conte and came out flying for every single game um but that's not the case with inzaghi and then the other thing is there are periods of the game where it's very noticeable that our intensity or enthusiasm for the game completely drops out right we definitely let our opponents have their their say you know when it comes to the 90 minutes like you know there are periods where we drop off and i i don't i don't know 
if it's a mentality thing, if it's because of Inzaghi, um, if it's, you know, I don't think it can be the players getting tired because there's also, you know, a distinct lack of feeling like, wow, we just gave it 10 minutes of, of you know, hard, full on out, like giving it our all. Like you rarely see that as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think this game had all of that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You know, that's something that has been frustrating with the Inzaghi uh, tenure. Like you said, you know, I, I, sometimes we, we, we come out and we play against top-tier opposition and we look like the best team in Europe. And then when we play a team like, uh, you know, Monza, we make them look like the best team in Italy. So it's yeah. like, cool, you know, why do we have this Jekyll and Hyde? Is it is it something with the manager? Is it something with the player's mentality? Is he not instilling confidence? Is he too much of a player's coach? Like, it's it's kind of... Yeah, it really is a mystery to me. I don't know. I don't know what it is that that causes these lapses in in concentration and this downplaying to your opponent, like you're saying. You know, it's it's something that I don't understand, and I kind of wonder if at the end of the year will will Inzaghi want to stick around and stuff. Like I don't know. I don't hear any yeah. rumors or anything about him leaving, but you know, maybe he will be tired of this whole situation too, with the way he doesn't have money and stuff. And, and, yeah. and maybe that's something that weighs on him too, when he leads into coaching the squad up, you know, he doesn't know who's going to be at his disposal. He doesn't know if what he's instilling in these guys is even going to be able to last because of, of our financial uh, restrictions and stuff. So yeah, I hope that, um, you know, for the long haul, he does stick around um, because I do think there is a potential there. I feel like we could be building something that could be successful and sustainable, um, I just hope that he also, you know, with some of the, the younger players, he gives them a little more chances too because I feel like you're going to need to integrate them too in order to be uh, yeah. competitive on three fronts. Yeah. All right, so we've talked about um, the goalkeeper, the defense. Uh, we've touched on our forwards a little bit. Um, quickly, before we get into our star of the game and our bidone of the game, uh, let's touch on the wingbacks. Um, I thought Damian had a lot of space today. Um, you know, his flank was definitely one that we uh, we leveraged early in the first half. Um, as the game went on, and ultimately when DiMonico came out of the game because of the trademark, you are not allowed to play if you have a yellow card rule that Inzaghi has implemented. Um I thought as the game wore on, then it shifted to Gosens had a ton of influence on that side. I thought Brozovic leveraged him as an outlet a lot as the game went on. Um, and I, I actually really I have not felt this way much this year. I really liked what Gosens brought to the team uh, when he came on. Um, it felt like he was hugging that touchline and keeping that width, uh, but also just he played with a lot of intent to make something happen in terms of the final third. And, and that's something that I really appreciated once that change was made. Yeah, no. Um, when he came on, I felt like he did bring a bit of intensity that was kind of lacking there. Not that DiMarco didn't have any. It just, he is a smaller stature player. He's not a very imposing presence. You know, I mean, yeah. he's more known for his crossing ability and, and, and his touch and, and passing and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, when, when Gozins came on, um, you saw that intensity kind of pick up. The only thing that was a little frustrating from Gozins was, you know, some of his crosses obviously were a little uh, lackluster, to, to, to put it kindly. But yeah, definitely felt like the, cha the change came when he came on too, and he was able to, you know, push up that flank. He does have a little bit of more pace than, than DiMarco, which, yeah. I mean, it's not surprising. We know how much of a weapon he was at Atalanta with, with, with uh, Gasperini when he was really getting the best out of him. If, 
Um, yeah. He got double digits goals as a wing back. I almost feel like that's unheard of, but um, yeah, I mean, I hope that he can kind of carry this on and maybe get another start, but it feels like when he does get that opportunity to start, he doesn't grab it. And yeah. I, you know, I, <laughs> I want him to be successful hundred percent, Yeah. but I do want him to be successful here. You know, I, I feel like that we could have a nice little rotation between him and DiMarco that could be a, uh, that could be good for us, you know, God forbid there's any injuries and stuff like that. So, yeah, I also really, um, I appreciate the versatility that we have, um, at a lot of our positions, right. Especially wing back, you know, being able to throw different looks in terms of DiMarco or Gosens on the right side in terms of Darmian and Dumfries. Um, you know, it is definitely good to have uh, various different tactical set, not, I guess not setups because Inzaghi doesn't, doesn't change the formation, but um, different options to, to play different, uh, um, different cards, um, I think is definitely one of the strengths of this team. Um, all right. Any last thoughts on the actual match today? Yeah, I think my uh, my one last thought would really be the, I guess the lack of consistency from Mkhitaryan across his passing. You know, I mean, there was a key moment in like the 64th minute where we saw Lautaro breaking down the middle, um, and he just gave such a heavy touch. His passing was off all game. You know, yeah. like you like we said, you know that Brozovic was the guy that yeah. when he came on, he was able to make an impact, and I think he's gonna really take back that position. The only thing that I'm kind of curious to see is Hakan when he plays in a deeper line playmaker role he's able to really dictate the pace and kind of push the tempo a little bit more not yep. that we're that fast and and Brozovic is a little more methodical um, you know he can yeah. be caught sometimes hanging on to the ball too long slowing down the play yeah. I, I hope that we can we're, we're able to maybe integrate Brozovic while also maintaining the same tempo so um, we'll see you know going forward what, what that what that brings and, and hopefully that'll you know allow us to continue this successful run so yeah, I agree. I think um, Mkhitaryan opened the door for a Brozovic return to the midfield um, based off of how we looked when that change was made um, before and after. Um, you're right. Like I said earlier, he was a walking tactical foul today. Um, just letting guys get past him and then tugging on their shirt was, was the story of his game. So, um, yeah, a tough look from him. A tough look from, from the older guys like you know, Jekyll and Mkhitaryan um, in, the, uh, in the game today, they just didn't look like they had it. So tough day for the vets. Great day for subs. If you were a sub, yeah. you had a wonderful day. Um, and great day ultimately for, for Inter. So that is a one nothing win. That is in the books. Uh, we are heading to Porto with a slender, slender advantage. Um, one other thing before we talk about our man of the match God damn, Otavio is annoying, huh? I mean, all game. All game. It did feel like that was... I I didn't know if it was either like... He had great, you know, football IQ where he was... He knew how to rile up the right players and he was just playing us for a fool and, you know, something bad was going to happen. That was the feeling that I had. But my God, did he get all my nerves throughout the game. Yeah, I've only seen him play twice before, and it was both uh, games against like Benfica. So he had that same kind of attitude. And I guess when you're not a fan of either team involved, it doesn't get to you. You're like, oh, this guy's like a real grinded out type player, real like scrappy kind of guy. I mean, I can get, I yeah. can, I can get behind that. 
Um, but then when you're seeing it against your own team, you see him taking these, you know, I mean, these dives and flailing around and looking to get our players carded. I mean, there was one instance in the first half where he was definitely trying to get Lautaro to, to bite at him and, and, and get a stupid yeah. yellow to miss the next match, which I'm yeah. sure, you know, Concesao, knowing the type of manager he is and how fiery he is, he might have instructed them to, to kind of get, you know, bait him or Bastoni to, to take a cheap yellow. Yeah. Um, so respect to that. I mean, I, I you know, if you're able to do it, I, I can't really hate on it, to be honest. But then in the second half with that ball that, you know, Mickey Tarion overplayed, you could see Lautaro barely touch him and he just goes down so easily. And yeah. it was infuriating to see that. But I guess when it's on your team, you love it. When you have to go up against it, you can't stand it. And to know he's not going to play the next game, I feel like that's a huge plus for us, too, because he does have yeah, some technical ability in his game. And he's able to to, to bring that forward and, and kind of push the tempo himself. So, um, yeah, no, thank goodness he's not there. Good player, good player, um, makes me feel the same thing I feel when Teo Hernandez is playing. So leave it at that, uh, and we'll go on to our man of the match, uh, Johnny. Your man of the match for tonight. Where's it coming from? You know, for me, I mean, I said it earlier, but without a question, my man of the match is Andre Onana that those saves were so huge for us to have a goalkeeper that gives you this level of confidence and you have the security knowing that he can make a big save he's got quick reflexes i loved it i feel like you know a lot of people i don't know why but i see a lot of people on twitter specifically not really happy with him for whatever reason they want to yeah. go back to to handanovic it doesn't make sense not sure to me. what that's about i see that yeah also. like after he made that 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 error against empoli that led to the goal Everyone's like, Handanovic would have made that save. And, you know, I, I had to keep my mouth shut. But it was just, it's just ridiculous. And I, I'm so happy that he's taking advantage of this opportunity. He's making a name for himself again. You know, if people forget he was out of football for a year and a half, you know, yeah. with the suspension. Now, I mean, yeah, maybe it's been, what, six, seven months that he's really kind of been getting a little bit more playing time and, and really been able yeah. to ease into it. So I'm happy for him. I hope he can continue this. I want him to be the goalkeeper for, for many years to come. But what a performance from him. And, and I feel like that will, will push us forward, you know, with him and, and Ned. And, and he, I love that he has a voice. You know, he is vocal. He, yeah. he got into it with Jekyll. I don't know it's what they were saying, what was going on. But, like, you're right. yeah, like, he, he doesn't inspire or instill confidence, I should say. You know, and you get that from Onana. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, that's a great pick. I think uh... – yeah, it is strange to see the attitude towards Anana recently. And also, you know, if he didn't have that suspension, there's no way we would have gotten him. He would have, Zero like, chance. after another year and a half of of matches under his belt, he a, would have been signed for a fee. Or if he would have left on a free transfer still, it would have been for much higher wages. So that's the only reason that we were able to afford him, number one. Um, number two, I'm going to go with um, Lukaku. And I know that... He did not have a lot of time on the field, but mainly what it comes down to for me is I don't think we're putting the ball in the net without him tonight. I just don't. I, you know, it, it wasn't happening before Otavio's red card. Once that red card happened, you know, like if Lukaku was not on the field, if we were only able to go to Jekyll or, you know, um, what, weren't able to bring him on the field, I don't know that we win that game tonight. Uh, I thought that there was a palpable difference in the way that we played uh in the way that we threatened um when he was on the field so 
he he needs it more than everybody else, and I'm going to go ahead and give it to him. Lukaku is my man of the match. Um, well done, Big Rum. Keep it going. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. And then real quick, back to what you were saying about uh, Onana, and if that suspension doesn't happen, you know, Chelsea were looking to get him before the suspension, and if they would have got him, they wouldn't have Edouard Mendy. I mean, I feel like they, you know, Chelsea fans would have would have been eating him up. So. Sadly, I mean, I, I don't wish suspension on anybody, but that was the best thing for, for Interista. Yeah. So um, I'm definitely happy to have him. And, and the fact that we got him on a free, I mean, that's just brilliant work by Marota and management there. So, yeah. But yeah, I love your, love your shot with Lukaku as man of the match. Yeah. He was, I mean, he looked like a different person when he came on. I was expecting, like I always say, he takes like 15 minutes to get into the match. Yeah. And from the second he stepped on, he was able to, he was moving well, he was giving good passing. His touch too. I mean, he had a few balls that normally would bounce off his foot and and, and just spring away, and he was able to secure it, turn, dribble. Uh, I was very happy with him. He almost had an assist too on that that opportunity with that ball he played into Lautaro that he was just a little out of his reach, and that could yeah. have been uh, you know the first goal. So, yeah, great great choice. I mean, yeah, t- between him and Onana, I don't think you could have really made a bad pick. So, yeah, and with his physicality, he's gonna have to start that second game. 100%. Uh, in Portugal. Uh, let's go with our Bidone, our worst of the match. Um, for me, this one is is pretty straightforward. Um, I thought Dzeko was, like, just not – he didn't contribute positively to anything that, that we did that was effective tonight. Um, and, in fact, you know, definitely sort of slowed us down in the final third when he did touch the ball. So, for me – the Swan of Sarajevo, tough, rough night tonight. Rough, rough couple games for you, man. You know, maybe take a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, for for me, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Mikitarian. I just felt like anything he was doing on the pitch was just not working out. Like you said, he was a walking tactical foul. His ball playing was terrible. His passing was was just all over the place. His touch was was horrendous. I mean. I was screaming for him to come off and, you know, I wanted Brozovic on maybe in like the 20th minute realistically. I was like, I can't, I don't know if I could take a full game of this. And it's not for a lack of trying. I mean, and he's another one, you know, he's he's in his mid-30s. He's probably been running to the ground too. And, and I can't blame, you know, Inzaghi, you got to play with what you got and, and make the most of what you have at your disposal. But sometimes it's it's okay to to rotate your squad, especially when you have older players. You know, I, I know yeah. a lot of Serie A pundits and, and, and fans like to think that age means, you know, pure quality, but sometimes it also means, you know, miles on those legs that they just can't keep up with the young bucks anymore. And, yeah. you know, Brozovic, it, it, we know what he brings to the table, and he brings it every time. I mean, he may drop a stinker here or there, but it's very rare. And for a yeah. player of his his quality, it, I'm sure it was you know a little bothersome for him too to be on the bench. So when he was able to come on, that was massive. And I just hope Mickey doesn't let this game kind of hang on him because like I remember when the the game that we blew, uh, I forgot now was it was it Lecce? What the game where he no it was, no it was Monza where he turned the ball over in midfield, ba- uh, bouncing it on his head. You know that kind of like got him frozen out for a little bit. I hope that he doesn't. Um, you know, let that kind of weigh on him either in, in this performance yeah. and, and just bounces back. So, yeah, it's not um, it's not rocket science to see a dip in form in the second half of the season when you're playing, you know, every three days, uh, your older players just not being as effective as they were earlier in the year. Um, Inzaghi has said it 
time and time again. We need everybody. We need everybody. We need everybody. And games like this show you why that is so true. Um, you know, there's going to be dips in form. There's going to be... Like, even Barella is sort of entering into... He's played very well. Um, he's played very well, but he has um, been lacking in terms of the contribution uh, to goals recently. Um, I think he hasn't scored one for, for quite a while. So, um, yeah, every, I mean, it's it's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. World football is not easy on anybody's legs, even the most fit athletes. So um, the older guys are definitely uh, not hitting a purple patch right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Barella, you know, I mean, thank goodness he did have an assist today with the, on the Lukaku goal. Like, that was a great cross into yeah. for the header. Um, but yeah, I hope he can get on the score sheet. You know, I, I no, I know Saeed um, had predicted he would get one of the goals, and I'm always hopeful that he scores. I love him yeah. when he plays, and I, what I do wish that Inzaghi would do, which he won't do, but I wish he would play him on the left side of the midfield trotting because when he's able to cut in on his right foot, he does have a good shot, and he has been able to score some some worldies. Um, but for whatever yeah. reason, he keeps playing him on the right side, and, and and listen, that's that's for him. I mean, maybe Hakan's more comfortable on the left, whatever it is. So, I I do want him to get some opportunities though to to score from there, and 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 I'm I'm sure the goals will come. He has uh, what six on the season, if I'm not mistaken, in all competitions. Yeah. So I think it's tied for his career high, if I have that yeah. correctly. Yeah, I'm pretty. Sure, I'm I'm think that's what it is too. So, yeah, hopefully he can, like you said, he can get back out and and get on it, and and not uh, and and also be like, I mean, to me. I feel like he's our most important player, you know, across the team. Yeah. He's like the he's the tutto campista that that every team would really wish to have and and when he's on I have a I mean I know you could say it's an inter bias but I don't think he's a better midfielder in the world. Definitely not no, a more I complete agree. midfielder. Yeah. So yeah. I just I want him to be able to do that game in and game out like Brozovic typically is able to do. So I'm saying no, I agree like my my agreement is uh, an example of no bias being there. No, I agree. And I, I just, you know, I just say that because if we didn't really bring up Barella at all this game, that says a lot about, you know, his impact on, on today's game. Like usually if it's an Inter win, we have a whole lot to say about Barella. So that's, uh, you know, that's, that's what I think of his performance today, but yeah, it's a real not worried, point. not worried whatsoever. All right. Any any parting thoughts here? Um, you know, overall, I think it was a good win. I thought it was a very very Inter win. Like, just make you sweat for quite a while. Um, show some good things. Show some things that everyone in the world with their with two eyes can see that we need to work on. Um, but ultimately, we get out of there with the uh, with the win. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean. I think we see how the importance the the subs had on the match and how they were able to really come in. Pretty much all of them have an impact uh, and make a difference in the in the outcome of the game. Um, normally, I'm complaining about Inzaghi's substitutions, but I feel like he got them all right and he did them at the right time in the moment of the game. And 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 one thing I did love is that he was proactive instead of reactive. You know, we didn't go down one nothing and then he decides to make the subs when it's too late. Yeah. Um, he he decided, you know what, this game's you know still up for grabs. Let's go out and, and try to grab it. And 
And I love what he was able to do. Hopefully, you know, with them missing a key player to their team, we're able to go there and, and grind out another win or even if it's just a draw. I, I mean, obviously, I would feel more comfortable if we have a win. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I just want to see this this team to continue to pull it, put in these performances. You know, there's really nothing to worry about in the league. Just kind of play your game and, and kind of have – I feel like you – I know this is going to sound cliche, but just have fun with it. You know, you, you're a professional footballer. You're, you're playing a game that the world loves – yeah, 15 points is kind of insurmountable. I don't, I don't really foresee Napoli dropping any any games unless it's against us. But it would have to be um, a historic collapse. I mean, the the it would be an embarrassing collapse, and I feel like yeah. you know the city of Naples would have to just you know, close down their their borders and never let anybody in if that's the case. But yeah, I feel tough. like you know we could put all our eggs in the in the Champions League basket and let, let's let's make a run with it. You know, we have the team. I know you know they're. There are squads that are stronger, whether it's Man City, Bayern, PSG, whatever. But we do, we we know we can play with these guys. We've seen it. We saw how we were able to to handle Barcelona, Bayern. I mean, the last game they had nothing to play for, and even when we lost two 0 at home, you know, Onana made ten saves. He was great. We there there is signs of of what this team can do in Europe. So yeah, don't worry about the league. Just go out and play those games. But like, let's make a serious run at this. That's that's all yeah. I can hope for. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we've already got one trophy in the cabinet for this season. Like, there's there's a chance that we grab a couple more. Um, let's yeah. not start Andanovic against Juventus in the Coppa Italia. Let's try Please to get that don't. one, too. And, um, yeah, so this has been fun, guys. Uh, you will be hearing from us a lot more. Um, you know, obviously, this has sort of come together fairly quickly. Um, so we, all, we were only able to get out of post-match, but... Um, moving forward, uh, you will see us back here on Sunday for another post-match. Um, we will be toying with the idea of a lot of different types of content, whether we want to do pregame, um, questions from you guys. We will definitely continue to be engaging on uh, the Twitter spaces. You can always find us there, um, kicking it with the rest of the, uh, the Inter community, which I got to say, Johnny, is, is just, if you're not plugged in yet, you know, get in with the guys. It really is a, <clears throat> it really is a great, um, a great gathering of, of fans on Twitter. So you'll be seeing us there. We'll be doing weekly uh, different types of content, whether it's you know sort of go answering a question uh, around the team, around the transfer market, uh, interviews with other um, other podcasters, YouTubers, uh, anyone in the the soccer world. So. You've seen us here for our first episode. Thank you for sticking around with us. We really appreciate it, and you'll be seeing a lot more. Yeah, and, and real quick, just to add on to that too, it's like we, um, you know, I've had a few people reach out and asking about this this podcast. So I'm I'm definitely super excited to be able to be doing this with with Alessandro and and kind of moving forward. You know, I, I did make a promise to Sharma who who said, you know, please don't just do two episodes and be done. You know, so we're definitely not going to do that. We want to be able to, to, you know, we love this club to be able to talk about it on a weekly basis. Um, it's definitely something we're passionate about, and and please, if you do have any questions and stuff, like yeah, just send them to us on, on Twitter or whatever, and and you know even the 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 podcast Twitter handle, um, which you can follow at at interviews underscore pod with a zero in as the O, um, so yeah, a zero. Uh, but yeah, that's um, I'm looking forward to doing this more. Like he said, we're gonna do a post match on Sunday, and yeah, if you have any any questions too that you wanna you know shoot our way. Be more than happy to, to, to discuss it on the podcast, and, and hopefully uh, you know, you'll know be seeing more from us. All right. In the great words of uh, Roberto Scarpini, Forza Ragazzi, Forza Ragazzi, Forza Ragazzi. We'll see you guys soon.